0: Good morning. Thanks again for joining us for our Mosaic online service. Our hope is that during this hour, that this is just a gift to you, that you can connect with God through worship, through communion, through opening his scriptures together. We're in this series on the Holy Spirit, and our hope is that wherever uh, you are on your journey of following God, that your faith can be encouraged, that you'll see how God is moving in your life, as together we open the scriptures and say, God, just speak to us, give us some hope and some encouragement. We want today to just be an opportunity for you to hear some good news. You turn on CNN, Fox News, MSN, and you can hear a lot of bad news. You can hear some scary news. But the Bible is good news. It's the message that Jesus, he came, that he died, then he rose again. And then after he sent into the Father, he gave us his spirit, he gave us his scriptures so we could know Jesus, that we could be like him and do the things that he did. Well, I grew up in a small Pentecostal charismatic church, actually right here in Maple Grove. And I thought it was just totally normal to grow up going to a church where sometimes worship would spontaneously go so long, it would go for about an hour and a half, that the pastor would get up and say, you know what? No sermon today. God was moving. Let's go home. I thought it was totally normal growing up going to a church where people spoke in tongues. They, they prophesied. They, they believed and prayed for divine healing to happen. And then, once I hit high school, my parents decided to send me to Fourth Baptist Christian High School. Uh, It was a great school, I learned a lot of things there. But also, we had some chapel speakers who were a little weird. And one day at chapel, I remember one of our speakers came and he said that if you speak in tongues, that's the devil speaking through you because that stuff all passed away. And we no longer pray for divine healing. And we should never have drums in our church because drums are evil. And that really left me wondering but my church experience, they had drums in worship and electric guitars and people speaking in tongues and using their spiritual gifts, and I, I wasn't sure what to do with that. And then in college, I actually went to work at the Basilica, uh, downtown a Catholic church. They wanted to make their youth mass a little more relevant to their students. And I, I learned about how to engage with God through uh, liturgy and through scriptures. And then right after graduating from college, I went to a, a large church in the northeast side of the Twin Cities. And at this church, I learned a ton. But what I learned is that really they put the Holy Spirit just kind of on the back burner. And they said, as long as we're relevant, as long as we're contemporary and have the best music, the best show, we can reach people for God. And it really felt like they had things down to a science so much they didn't even need the Holy Spirit. Then I got married and moved out to Colorado and I worked at a church out there, Discovery Christian Church, an awesome church. But when I showed up, the pastor kind of half-jokingly said, yeah, we believe wholeheartedly in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. (laughs) He said, we believe in the Bible, and we know how to talk about the Father and the Son, but the Holy Spirit, we don't really know what to do with Him. And so, actually, one of the reasons he hired me, we are at a small church, about 150 people we met uh, in a school, and he wanted me to bring a little bit of my charismatic Pentecostal background to that church. And I learned so much through those experiences. But growing up in a small charismatic church, going to a a fundamentalist Baptist high school, working at the Basilica downtown, working at a large, contemporary, relevant, multi-site church, uh, another church, you know, a Christian church, all those experiences, what it forced me to do was to really open the scriptures and say, "What, what do I really believe? Not just my parents, not just what people are telling me, but what do I believe about the Holy Spirit, about worship, about spiritual gifts? And my desire is that whatever you grew up, maybe you grew up Catholic, maybe Lutheran, maybe at a Pentecostal church, maybe you grew up going to church and you left, and then now you're coming back. But our hope and desire here at Mosaic is that this can be a safe place where you can encounter the dangerous message of Jesus, that he wants to come into our lives, he wants to invade our space with his love and grace and to change us into the way that God designed us to be, to be more like Jesus. And so I hope that you can come with an open mind as we open the scriptures to say, Okay, let's learn together about spiritual gifts, about the Holy Spirit, and what is God speaking to us. Well, last Sunday we talked about how the Holy Spirit is a person, and we went into the Trinity. And that still kind of boggles my mind a lot, but I, I thought that video we showed from uh, the Bible Project was really helpful, about how God is a three-dimensional object on a two-dimensional plane, and our minds can't fully comprehend that, how God is one, but he's three persons, and, and, and the Father, the Son, and the Spirit— We talked in our small group on Thursday night about that, how one theologian says that the Spirit is the the manifestation, the the physical embodiment of the love that has always existed between the Father and the Son. And and there's this dance of love that we are invited into. And that's the reason God created us, is because there's always been this love between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we're invited into that. I think that's so beautiful. But still, it's hard to wrap our minds around that. How is God one but three? But we learn that he is a person. Well, how do we then engage in his presence if he is a person? And today, I'm going to dive into just four ways that I see in Scripture that we experience his presence. And then in a little bit, I'm going to invite Josh up, our youth pastor, and we're going to have a conversation about how Josh has experienced the the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life and his journey of following him. And before we do that, would you just join me in a word of prayer? God, thank you for your Scriptures. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in our place as a substitution and then he rose again, defeating sin and death. God, thank you for your spirit that indwells us, that fills us, that renews us. God, I pray just in these next 15 to 20 minutes as we engage your word, God, that you would speak to us, that you would reveal truths to our hearts, and God, that we just be a little more open to your spirit moving in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, the first way that I see that we engage in the presence of the Holy Spirit is through Scripture. I believe the Spirit's primary vehicle for moving and speaking in our lives is the Scriptures. I believe the Holy Spirit leads and illuminates me every day through nudges. I believe he gives me little promptings. But we need to weigh our subjective sense of what the Spirit is saying against the teachings of the book which he helped inspire See, too many people, they can, they, they can either just reject the Bible or they reject the Spirit's leading and, and they only go to their scriptures. And, they, and they, they don't believe the Holy Spirit speaks to them or leads them today. What we want to, is both to be uh, students of scripture, to know God's word, and open to the Holy Spirit leading us. I believe that when we hide God's word in our heart, when we, when we memorize it, when we engage in his scriptures, then we're setting up the Spirit so that he can, can remind us of those scriptures, to remind us of those truths. I really want to encourage all of us, during this season of COVID-19, uh, if you haven't, try memorizing some scripture. Uh, in our culture, we, we don't memorize hardly anything anymore. We don't memorize uh, phone numbers, just n- not much. You know, I, I have a remote on my Roku. I can just tell it what it to do. Uh, I don't even need to remember channel numbers anymore. Uh, but the reality is, there's something about memorizing scripture, of hiding God's word in our heart. You know, I, I'm so blessed that I did go to a Lutheran middle school and a Fundamentals Baptist high school because one of the things I grew up with from 5th grade through 12th grade was Bible class every day. And we had to memorize scriptures uh, throughout those years. And there are still times where God will bring me back those scriptures I memorized in the King James Version or the New King James Version or in the NIV in my church youth group. And sometimes that gets a little confusing. Uh, but it's so good to, to really dive into scripture. And I want to encourage you just to get into God's Word. Not just memorize them, but also uh, to really put yourself into the stories of Scripture. One thing we can do is an act of meditation, uh, of of lecto divino is one one way we can do this, where it's like maybe you're reading that story. We talked about Peter and the disciples, and and they're in that boat. And Jesus is, is left behind, and he says, go on ahead, and the storm, it's raging. And, and as you're reading that story, you want to close your eyes and you want to try to smell the salt water and, and, and put yourself in their shoes. Like what kind of fear were these professional fishermen feeling when they were actually afraid uh, in this storm? And you know, what, what are you hearing? What are you feeling as, as the wind and the and the rain pelts your skin and then you see what you think is a ghost and actually it's your Rabbi, it's your master, and, and everyone's freaked out, and Peter says, okay, Jesus, you called me to be one of your disciples, and that means as a rabbi, you're saying that you believe that I can be like you, and, and if I can be like you, and you're walking on the water, then call out to me, and I'll take that step onto the water. And what was going through Peter's mind? And that's one way we can engage in Scripture is we put ourselves into the stories and really think through and just really feel it. Uh, we can read, you know, long stretches, or you may just want to take, you know, one Scripture, You know, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. And you're just going to repeat that over and over again. And you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to to illuminate your mind as you dwell on his word. I believe that's one way we can really engage with the Holy Spirit is by getting into his word. Second is through the church. Uh, The most common way the Holy Spirit speaks in the book of Acts is through the church. For instance, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, we read, While the church was worshiping the Lord and fasting, The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God gave the church specific insight into what Saul and Barnabas were to do. And throughout his life, as we read in the book of Acts, Paul received instructions about where to go. Go here. Nope, don't go here. Do ministry through certain members of the church. he gives similar words of instruction to Timothy and and, and Silas and, and these other co-workers with Paul. I believe one of the ways that we can really encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit is when we gather together uh, in community. And that's hard right now because we're quarantined to our homes, but even in your home. Uh, I, I heard the term of, of a, a, a home monastery where we're gonna intentionally take certain times of the day or, or the week, and maybe a part of our home, we're gonna turn them into little mini monasteries. We say, okay, right now I'm, I'm, I'm setting this time aside. And I'm, I'm going to meet with maybe my wife or my kids or if, you're, if you have roommates and say, okay, let's, let's together, let's pray. Let's try to encounter the Holy Spirit together. Uh, someday we will get together, gathered together as a church. But I believe that's one way that we really encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit when there's something about when we're all gathered together and, and we're saying, here's where I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to my life. What do you think? And, and we get that wisdom from others as the Holy Spirit speaks to the community as a church. The third way we encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit is through prayer. Uh, This is what Jude, the brother of Jesus, writes in Jude 1, verse 20 through 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Jude's telling us to pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, in a couple weeks, we're going to get into the, the gifts of the Spirit and, and speaking in tongues, in and, and a prayer language, and what all that means. But for now, I just want to encourage you that in your prayer times, to really try to open your heart, to op- open your soul to the Holy Spirit, to really engage with God's Spirit. That, you know, put your feet on the ground, open up your hands, and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm here. Spirit, what do you want to speak to me? You know, what scriptures do you want to bring to my mind? What are those things that I'm, I'm holding on to that I need to let go of? What are those truths that you need to bring to my mind? I was listening to a podcast this week about how boredom is necessary for brilliance. I've also heard it said that maybe boredom is necessary for creativity. And this woman on a TED Talk was talking about how early on, before she got her smartphone, uh, when her first child was born, she'd go on all these long, long walks because her baby would only sleep in a stroller uh, when it was moving. And so that's every day she'd take these long, long walks. And All these ideas and creativity came to her mind and then when she got her smartphone after that the iphone came out she was kind of glued to it and always on twitter and texting and and on instagram and all these things and she sat down to to try to problem solve something and she realized she hadn't had a creative idea in a long time and she realized that she never was bored she was always filling her mind with with something well i think sometimes we can get so good at inputting our minds uh with reading with, with uh you know worship music other things that We're not allowing that space for our mind to to really open up and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And so one of the things I just want to encourage us, uh, not all the time, but maybe take some time where your mind is a little bored. Maybe you're outside, maybe you're sitting in a room, and it's still, and you're quiet. Maybe you want to start meditating on, on some of the truths of God and who he is. But I believe that in those still quiet moments, as we still our hearts and our minds, that the Holy Spirit then can speak to us. Maybe you want to have a journal and you just want to write down, kind of stream of consciousness. What do you think God is speaking to you in those moments? Um, When we're just going, going, and always having input around us, uh, it can be harder to hear that still small voice of of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the fourth one, uh, we encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit through using our spiritual gifts. The Apostle Paul tells us that each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. That... When we come to know Christ, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and each of us is gifted unique gifts for the edification of the body, for the glory of God. One of my favorite book series is uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. And in the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, uh, there's this story where Father Christmas has been kept out of Narnia for 100 years. It's always winter, never Christmas, which I just think is... The worst thing ever, always winter and never Christmas. But Father Christmas then gives the Pevensie children each a mysterious gift. And they don't realize it at the time, but these gifts prove essential in their coming battle with the white witch. And Peter realizes that the sword he's given is necessary to lead the assault against the powers of evil. Lucy recognizes that her gift, this healing ornament, was given to heal the wounded. Susan's bow was given so she could support the assault from a distance. And Lewis's imagery mirrors Paul's claim in First Corinthians that we perceive what God wants for us by looking at the gifts that He places within us. And by using those gifts, we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I believe some of us are gifted and wired with spiritual gifts to lead the assault against the powers of evil, like Peter was. Some of us are free to free those who are held in captivity. Some are to offer healing, like Lucy. Some are to offer prayers of support, like archers firing their arrows, like Susan. And some, like Edmund, to lead by example and show that no one is too far gone to be redeemed by the blood. Here's how the Apostle Paul writes it. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, he says, "...to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit." Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Paul's saying that we each have different gifts. And one of the ways we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit is when we recognize the gifts that the Spirit has given us, not in jealousy of what others have received, but say, okay, here's how I believe God has wired me. And then when we start to use those gifts, we can really see the Spirit in our lives. Jesus' mission requires that you and I be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can't be who Jesus made us to be, and we can't be what God called us to do unless we're filled with the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. Our prayer for you is that you would discover the way that God has wired you, that you would discover the gifts that he's given you. You dig into God's word to know Jesus, to know his Spirit that as we gather as a church again someday, that we would feel the Holy Spirit in our presence, that we'd be more and more empowered by him, that we'd be a community on mission to do what Jesus called us to do. I'm going to invite Josh up now, and I'm going to ask him some questions, and he's going to share a little bit more about his story. Thanks, Josh, for joining us today and sharing a little bit more of your story uh, you've had quite the journey of growing up in another country and through college and to where you are today mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about kind of your your journey of encountering the presence of the holy spirit in mm-hmm. your lives starting off as a
1: child on the missions field yeah man no that's good um yeah grew up in papua new guinea uh, the spiritual world and warfare out there is unreal it's just crazy obviously when i went there when i was four years old i had no idea what was going on um but through growing up there for the next 14 years i came to see very quickly that it wasn't like we were being missionaries on, in, in New Guinea to help people, you know, steer away from Islam or Buddhism or whatever. It was like either Christianity or like evil. Like it was very black and white, and uh, it was crazy. Even in in the tribe that my parents worked with, you know, um, I saw a lot of different black magic stuff. Uh, there was a witch doctor that lived right next door to us. Um, there would think, be crazy things that would happen, like. They would make trees fall on people while they're hunting, like just random crazy things, and it opened up my eyes, like wow, like this is real life going on, um, and it was just very interesting. For example, one of my friends, their village, uh, they were on the coast, and they had a, a lot of signs of a huge tidal wave coming, and. The, the village actually ended up getting wiped out. It was a 500-people village, and they got wiped out because they were too afraid to travel over the mountaintop because they believed demons lived in the cave. So they'd rather take on that tidal wave and, and die than to escape that way. And so it's definitely a very real thing in Papua New Guinea, for sure. Wow. Yeah.
0: So how did you grow up in that environment of real spiritual forces, of mm-hmm. good and bad, in your face as a kid.
1: How did that shape you uh, as a child, as an adolescent? Yeah, it made it very real. You know, like it, it was one of those things, I was just in movies or like, oh, I will just laugh it off. I was like, no, this is, this is real life. You know, I, I encountered a few different moments too. Where I, I, I saw the spiritual world and it was, it was crazy, you know, but being in it at such a young age, it just became like normal almost. Um, so you became very in tune to it. And so that's a huge culture change between, you know, here in the States and New Guinea, um, just being, uh, just exposed to that stuff so early. Um, so that was probably the main thing, just being like, oh, this is a real thing. So when you read the Bible, and you talk about the the, the forces of good and evil, and, and, and all that, you realize very quickly, like, this is real. It's not just pretend. It's not a make-believe story. This is real life, even now. Yeah. So you grew up in that
0: experience, and then you come back to the States, and you go to Northwestern uh, College in St. Paul. So what was that experience like? Like, Growing up in Papua New Guinea, and it's kind of very real, and witch doctors, and, yeah. and crazy stuff, and you're translate your parents are translating the Bible into language that never had it before, and then now you're at Bible college. Right,
1: right. No, it's definitely a, an interesting transition. Um, I think one of the things with, with this topic that I realized very quickly is, is the devil likes to be crafty wherever he best needs to be, right? And so um, in Papua New Guinea, it was the, using fear in the way of showing the manifestation of 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 demons or or different types of things like that here i think that it's it's very different culture where it's more The love of of money or power or status or what it might, you know, go on Instagram and have enough likes, all that stuff, you know. And so um, that was just an interesting thing that I saw coming here. And for me, it it hit me harder because I wasn't exposed to the stuff here that the states have, right? And so it hit me like a train when I went to Northwestern, uh, you know, a Bible college and and all that. But being on my own and trying to do my own thing, uh, it became very selfish very quickly. And I think the devil, you know, knew what I was stepping into and just attacked in the ways of that type of temptation and whatnot. You know, a different spiritual warfare in that way. Um, And yeah, it led down a very crazy, crazy dark path very quickly.
0: And so you're you're in college, and around that time, I think... um, you go to North Central University, where where I went to college, and you went to one of their praise gatherings on Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. which is just kind of a, a night of worship led by college students, and it's just a time of just seeking after God and soaking in his spirit, And you tell me a little bit about that uh, experience, but just talk a little bit more about that, uh, of going to praise gathering, you know, how old were you, just kind of the circumstances around that, and just kind of how God met you in in that moment.
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, I was kind of just a very dark place in my life. Uh, Was in a very selfish lifestyle, Uh, long story short, Totally decided to turn away from the faith and just do my own thing, and this was a thing my sophomore year of college. Um, but I was still like doing the motions, you know, I was still going to church on Sunday and whatnot. But it just wasn't living, living the way I should. And it was very interesting when talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, even up until this moment, I never really encountered the Holy Spirit. So even back in New Guinea, it was like the forces of good and evil. And I knew Jesus and I knew the devil and I knew, you know, angels or demons, but it was never like the Holy Spirit. I never talked about it, never, you know, witnessed speaking in tongues or healing or anything like that. Um... And so yeah, at this at this praise gathering, you know, we go that 10 p.m. at night. It goes till 12 a.m. in the morning, and uh, just a crazy time. Is a moment where God really showed up in my life. Um, and just kind of going it quick, I remember when I walked into North Central. The moment I laid foot into the auditorium, you know, hear worship music going, um, I felt like there was a battle between the God, the God and devil in my heart. It was a tug of war. It was crazy. Um, I remember stepping right in there, and you know, North Central was a very charismatic university. And so you see, you know, people you know, singing in tongues, and dancing, and flags, and painting, and all this, stuff, and I was like, I've never even seen this before, so I don't really know what's going on. And I've been to worship experience, but I was like, what is happening? But I, the only thing I did know is like, something was going on in my heart, right? And so I remember I was in the back of the auditorium, and I was just like this, I was just sitting there. And you know, if, if anybody at church has ever seen me worship, that's not how I like to move and groove and whatnot and worship, and so um, it was just a battle. And throughout the night, I remember move, somehow moving closer and closer to the front, it was really weird. It was like an out of body moment. And so I was moving, moving closer to the close front. And this constant tug of work kept happening in my heart. And then next thing you know, uh, it was actually the song "Break Every Chain" was mm-hmm. played. And that moment, I found myself up in front. And right when that song hit, like a very powerful chorus, I just dropped. Mm-hmm. Like I was face down, bawling my eyes out. And again, you know, I grew up watching people on TV. You know, get. Pushed over by you know what I'm like that's weird that's what's going on but I remember I just dropped and I was just sobbing like a baby it was ugly crying it was snotty. it was bad Um, and I remember in that moment a bunch of people just came surrounded me like laid their hands on me and again this is the first time I had someone like lay hands on me a couple were people that I knew a couple were some of the voices that I knew were speaking tongues from earlier (laughs) but the thing I remember most is when their hands were on me and they're all praying whether it was in tongues or whatnot their hands were like on fire like it was like this burning feeling but it was like comfort. It was so weird like it was the weirdest thing I ever experienced in my life and of course I'm just balling and balling and balling and um, honestly in that moment I feel like that's when the Holy Spirit really entered my life you know because that was that was the change that I was like hey I'm gonna go into youth ministry I changed my majors the very next day um, and my life changed in that moment and I think that was kind of where I've truly experienced the Holy Spirit for the first time for sure
0: so what would you tell someone maybe they've they've grown up you know with the Bible and, and they've heard about Jesus' love for them but they've always kind of kept the spirit at arm's length. Mm-hmm. And they never wanted to kind of really, really engage and, and kind of losing themselves fully right. in, into that immersive experience of really just, like you shared, being broken and, mm-hmm. and the tears and, and just you know able to worship fully and with abandon. What would you tell someone maybe who, they find themselves in that place where you were mm-hmm. and maybe have dipped a toe in the water, but are scared to, to jump into the deep end of living and walking in the with the spirit and and engage in his presence
1: yeah that's good i think the main thing is just realizing like even now after that moment i didn't really necessarily feel like i got this gift or that gift or you know anything crazy it was just a life change and that that change in my life was just so smooth and it just worked out so well so just be encouraging people be like it's not a crazy moment that's gonna freak you out. You know, I mean, it was a moment that I remember forever, but it was just a, a broken moment where I really just encountered God and was like, wow, this is not how I should be living my life. And it changed everything up in my life. But it wasn't one of those moments where, you know, I did get knocked down and I started like shaking or like, you know, it wasn't weird, it was just like God was there and the Holy Spirit entered my life. And so just to encourage you, like, it doesn't need to be anything crazy what you might see on TV or what you might have heard. Like God, God encounters us in the way He knows is best for us right and and i think that's the most important thing is like he's gonna send his holy spirit to you at the right time in the right moment the way you need to encounter the holy spirit and and then just to let him speak to you because that was one of the things too that night is when i was crying a lot of people were just praying like just just let him speak to you like just be still in that moment don't think about anything don't like just be in that moment um and i felt like truly the words of the lord were in my life like hey Go into youth ministry, change your life up, you know, stop doing what you're doing. And it was because I was just in that moment. And so to be encouraged, like, hey, just sit and, and soak and let the Holy Spirit talk to you.
0: But I also know there are times that people will abuse that. Mm. And people will <laughs> lay hands on you. Yep. And instead of the Holy Spirit knocking us over by power, mm. they want to push you over. Yeah. Or people are forcing it. And so... What about those instances? I mean, should we just kind of throw that out, uh, the baby out with the bathwater? Or, you know, I think you've shared, you you had an experience where maybe it wasn't really the Holy Spirit, it was man trying to conjure some stuff yeah,
1: up. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a very interesting experience. Um, I think I think you, you'll know, you know, if, if if it is the Lord or if, it, if it's not. It's a very, uh, like I said, like out of mind, out of body feeling, right? And so, uh, yeah, the time we've talked about is my wife and I were getting prayed over at a church and uh, it was a real powerful time. People were getting, you know, slain in the spirit and things were happening and people were falling over. But again, I, I grew up around all that and I was like, I just don't, I'm just not with it. Like I just don't get it. And again, Holy Spirit is powerful, so. Um, you know whatever he needs to do, but my wife and I, the pastor called us up and they're like, hey, we want a prayer over you guys. We want to send you in the ministry. And uh, I'm like, okay, cool, we'll definitely get that prayer. Uh, and throughout the night, this this guy just was really doing his thing, and he had a very distinctive sound when he would put lay hands on people's head. He'd go, <laughs> um, and I was like, this is kind of weird. It's like. You know, this is a moment. And so Anna and I went up, and we're like, okay. We're we're holding hands, and they're praying on us. It was really good. It was a real powerful moment. But then it got to a point where, you know, he laid hands on our heads, and he's like, in Jesus' name. And I was like, I don't feel like falling down. Because when I went up there, I was like, the only way I'm falling down is if I legit get knocked over by the Holy Spirit, you know, I'm not. uh, But it wasn't any feeling. My wife didn't feel the same. It didn't feel that way either. And so we're both just standing there, and he just kept doing it. And I was like, Anna, we should fall down. (laughs) Because it was so awkward. And I was like, in that moment, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so we just slowly, like, kind of fell backwards and saved in that moment. But it was, it was when I was like, wow, this was not yeah. from the Lord. Yeah. But, yeah, it was awkward. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you know, we, we don't want to take this too seriously uh, where we, we never laugh. The reality is God is huge. God is big. We're, we're never going to fully understand how He works. And the reality is sometimes people... They cross over and they want to use their own, uh, you know, gifting or strength and and take advantage of of things. But I believe we don't throw it out. Right. You know, we don't not engage with the Holy Spirit and, and seek after Him because maybe some people do some things that eh, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, I, I've shared you know my story that uh, Kristen, she grew up actually best friends with my little sister and she'd come to our youth group and we had a small Pentecostal charismatic youth group, but she felt like a second-class citizen because she didn't speak in tongues. Hmm. And everyone you know, would, would try to force her to do that. And, and that's just not a spiritual gift that God has given her. And she's filled with the Holy Spirit, but doesn't have that spiritual gift. And so we've said, okay, at Mosaic, we don't want anyone to feel like they're second-class Christians. We don't want people to feel like they have to force it or that they have to fall over because then that makes them more spiritual. Right. But we wanna say, okay, Holy Spirit, we are open to your mysterious workings mm-hmm. and and we do believe that god gives gifts and and prophecy and interpret interpretation and the gifts of healing and teaching and, and mercy and helps so we want to seek after the holy spirit and and sometimes maybe we won't get it right but we do want to seek after him we don't want to just throw it all out um, because some people maybe you know aren't doing it the right way mm-hmm. and so just again our encouragement is that wherever your journey has been. Maybe you've been in some environments where you're just like, man, that is just all man. That is not the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm sorry you went through those experiences. Uh, At Mosaic, we, we truly are broken people, saved by Jesus, doing our best to follow God and empowered by His Spirit. And so we're all on this journey. Uh, you, know, you know, some people can come in the missions field, some Lutheran, Pentecostal, Baptist backgrounds. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But th- we're going to open the scriptures and, and we're going to journey together to be more and more filled with His power and His presence. Uh, and so just over the next, next couple of weeks, I want to really encourage everyone, you know, hop into a small group. Uh, we got some great discussions Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Um, if you're looking for a new group, we would love to start a new group for you. Uh, or even if just... Hey, I'd be willing to meet on Zoom one-on-one if you've got questions or one-on-two about the Holy Spirit, about some of the stuff maybe you've seen, you know, in other worship experiences that you're not really sure about. Hey, Let's talk about it. Let's seek scriptures together. We all want to be on this journey together as we're following Jesus, as we're empowered by His Spirit. Uh, so thanks Josh so much for sharing I appreciate that man uh, we're gonna wrap up our, ser- our service today uh, today we actually don't have a uh, virtual lobby we're actually gonna have a partners meeting and so if you're one of our partners I encourage you to hop over to zoom you'll have that link in your email and we're gonna do a, a quick meeting for our partners um, but for the rest of you uh, may you know uh, that God loves you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, to give you his grace. And this week, let us all be more and more aware of the spirit in our life and more and more open to what he wants to do in us and through us. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.